This episode of Please Blow My Mind is proudly supported by the lovely team at Sunpix Post. Yes. I've got one of the directors here. Is that correct? That's correct. You're yes. like a boss. I am a boss. Well, Poppy's the boss, really. She's kind that. of managing the place. For those just watching, uh, the cutest little dog ever. Oh, <laughs> looked at me on cue. Don't bite me. Uh, for those listening, uh, we're in the Sunpix I've called it the Sun Picks Podcast Studio. Yes, and we are we're we're on this mission to create good conversation. Exactly. Yeah. To acknowledge uh, the kind of traditional media, which is telly and radio, but give it a bit of a revamp into this whole podcast world. Exactly. Of, of you know, like in the past, Dan. Um, things cost a lot of money to make yeah now we can talk for hours yes and i think that's what we're both excited about right that's what some picks is excited about yeah like, yeah and the possibilities are endless mm. you know you start one you talk about one um topic and you get different guests in and mm. then they have different ideas and it's all about spreading ideas yep. and making yeah engaging content really and um we should start a, uh, like a conference called ted talks ted talks and it's just us <laughs> spreading <laughs> ideas ideas worth sharing i think is their um yeah tagline. it is so anyway we can rip that off one day uh, just quickly if people want to check out the Sunpix story um, they can jump online they can sunpixpost.co.nz so we're a post-production facility and we basically make content uh, for TV mm. for web and um, we specialize in finishing so color grading and uh, sound mixing uh, podcast recording mm. voiceover recording awesome yeah we try and do a little bit of everything around so here kind of like creative one-stop shop if you need to get yes, your message out there, true. Yeah. come and uh, leave Come the and visit Poppy. She's here. She's an office <laughs> dog, and she will probably bark at you as you walk in. Yay. Yeah. Sunpixpost.co.nz. <laughs> this episode of Please Blow My Mind with me, Will Fleming, is brought to you by floatculture.co.nz. Float Culture is Auckland's leading flotation tank center created for the well-being of the body and mind. When you float with folkculture.co.nz, you'll create meaningful and lasting change with mindfulness and complete physical relaxation. Floating will become an integral part of your busy lifestyle. Float Culture is motivated to ensure that the entire experience achieves maximum relaxation, happiness and relief for you. So if you want to be part of the float culture scene in New Zealand, visit floatculture.co.nz to book your float and blow your mind right now. As a very special offer to you, the Please Blow My Mind listener, you'll get 20% off your next float by using the promo code MINDBLOWING, all one word. Visit floatculture.co.nz and book your float today. We live in a world that encourages us to remove ourselves from the human experience. Whether it's looking at our phones too long, forgetting how to talk to someone face to face, or just straight up giving in and convincing ourselves that a chicken nugget is actual food. It's not food, it's silence. I don't know about you, but this freaks me out. So I've started a podcast, my antidote to this silliness. It's time to blow our minds. My name is Will Fleming. Welcome to my podcast, Please Blow My Mind. My, how's your day going? Good, actually, today is a good day. Yeah. yeah. Do you, like, when you think about, like, you know, what a good day is, how far do you go back? Like, I sometimes think, like, I know it sounds silly, but to be alive is a good day. Yeah. And I also think that maybe we take it for granted that we're going to wake up tomorrow. 
Have you been a Zen monk in your previous life? <laughs> I don't know. I think I was maybe just like some type of monkey who, you know, those little monkeys that learn to live off humans and they um, steal the alcohol. I think, I don't know. Do you think there is like past, do you think we could be something? Wow, this is going to be an interesting yeah. conversation. Eh? Um, well, yeah, I, I kind of do believe that energy is indestructible and that our mind is this great continuum mm. and that laws of cause and effect function. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I don't like it when people get to sort of, you know, oh, you did a good thing and now mm. you're going to have good karma and then it's your bad karma. Yeah. You know, I don't think those are helpful conversations. But I do find it very liberating to think of mind as a continuum because um, it's a very short life, you know, and we can feel very uh, sometimes like caught in a, in a rut and it all yeah. feels what's the point sometimes, right? I think that's... It feels overwhelming, that feeling at the moment. Like, mm. what's the point? I mean, mm. that's part of the reason I wanted to do this, is to find out what's everyone else's point to this. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. I, I get it. I get it that, you know, old ideas come with baggage. And we don't want old ideas. We like mm. this new society. We like. We must have it deep built within us that we like to move forward and change and mm. get better. And But it seems to be every time we, you know, adapt and move on, you know, like we were talking before we started recording, that's the book Sapiens. Yes. And yeah. we yeah. move forward and we don't understand the consequences yes. that when you move away from, when you move into agriculture, you forget how to forage. And then the comparison is made that the people who are foraging were probably happier than the agricultural people. Yeah. And I feel like we're like that today, you know, yeah. we've traded in. I don't know what, you know, like. Yeah, and it's interesting, you know, like I love that book very much and mm. that our whole societal model is based on infinite growth, right? Yeah. And everything depends on it. And so there's this fear that uh, if we stop, shock horror, everything will come to, come to the grind. And I think mm. that has really affected us psychologically as well, you know, that, that kind of sense of being a bit like a hamster on a wheel mm. And then at some point going, well, I'm just running here and it's all spinning, but where am I going? Well, what is it about? And that's why I think it's so important to find these purposeful pauses and to actually begin to conscious, consciously cultivate our lives in a way that we pause and reflect, you know, and um, find some greater intimacy with ourselves mm. and some greater clarity and find some kind of way of observing our experience with yeah. a bit more clarity. Otherwise, you know, we're just caught in myriads of things yeah. right i mean research tells us that we have somewhere between 50 and 70 thousand thoughts a day wow that's just overwhelming isn't it and would you say that those thoughts matter like the seventy thousand? Right. is it something like you've got to have at least half of them where you don't hate yourself or you know yeah. imagine stupid things because i know myself like um, you know, so I was having a podcast with a pastor and I started feeling guilty because he was kind of talking in quite a pure, nice way. And I believe in a nice, pure way, but I sometimes have some wild thoughts, Oh God, yeah. you know, and, and I don't, I'm not always proud of myself when I come back, but I think, well, maybe I'm just experimenting in my head. And maybe that was the point of consciousness so that you didn't have to just yeah. you know imagine or you could imagine before doing you know but but i don't know sometimes it makes me feel a bit weird like maybe it is better just to have nice sterile thoughts about you know sunrise and sunsets and but we don't have a choice do we <laughs> that's the thing right yeah. is that a whole lot of thoughts come seemingly out of nowhere mm. um and 
that could be an, a massive conversation in mm-hmm. itself, you know, whether the thoughts come from our days and hours, <laughs> yeah. you know. Uh, you know, a lot of it comes from our, you know, conditioning and our mind makes sense of the world in terms of association and patterns. And uh, so we're constantly part of, it's part of our survival mechanism. We're constantly working things out, mm-hmm. working things out. And if we're not careful, those thoughts can then um, become very anxious, right? And very, very um, kind of riddled with, with doubt and 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 then that kind of sense of negativity right that's a very interesting one because people often ask me especially when i do my um, my my mindfulness training you know mm-hmm. one of the first things that i do when i get in a room with a bunch of people I ask them well why are you here what would you like to get out of this and one of the things that comes up is like well i just want to stop thinking and all I can say to that is, well, good luck, <laughs> you know. So I don't think it's about being violent with our internal world and mm. saying, you know, this is acceptable, this is not acceptable. But I think it's about actually coming into a place where we can become aware of what is going on and then develop a sense of curiosity and then being able to actually check, is this true? You know, is it serving me? Mm. Is this the only way that I could look at it? So. For that to happen, we have to have a little bit of that attention available to us so that we can, first of all, realize, oh, that's a thought. That in itself is a major victory, mm-hmm. right? Because out of those 50, say, say, say it's on the lower side, right? Out of this, those 50,000 thoughts, how many are we even aware of? You know, yeah. it's just this background chatter, background noise. And if we don't bring it into consciousness, it drives us. You know, it's Gustav Jung that said very famously, Carl Gustav Jung, who is the, you know, one of the fathers of modern psychology and psychotherapy and a very, very wise, mm-hmm. often mystical man. You know, he said, until you make the unconscious conscious, it will drive your life and you will call it fate. Right. Right? So the unconscious conscious. So you mean like um, we're processing everything and it's sitting somewhere in there and if it's... You know, like trauma might, might be one yeah. of those things. Yeah. It, it will drive you and you're not always sure why or That's what right. you're doing. Is well, you're just trying like to save yourself. Yeah. And so sometimes, some you know, like when we talk about sapiens, right? Mm. In the past, it was necessary. I mean, and, and what I found really fascinating in that book, you mm. know, when he said that, like you said, there were at one point, you said eight, I think it was six or eight, whatever, yeah. the different species of homo. <laughs> yeah. And we are the babies, we're the new ones. We're the ones that appeared 150 to 200,000 years ago, right? And in that environment, as you know, we were hunter-gatherers. And so our brains are designed, whenever we perceive danger, there's no time to dilly-dally. It's like everything on board, right? The adrenaline is in, the the cortisol is in, and we, you know, we're either going to fight or fight, you know, um, freeze or run Mm. if we're really fast, right? Mm. And so... (laughs) Fast forward 150,000 years, that served us once upon a time. Now it really doesn't. And I think it's part of part of this big epidemic of mental health and, and well-being, um, you know, uh, issues that we're facing is that our anxiety is increasing, our uncertainty is increasing because we live in a very dynamic, uncertain, complex, ambiguous world. Yeah. And so, you know, in the past, maybe our careers were running on predictable lines. Now everything is up for, for questioning, up for grabs. And... We need to find a way of, um, you know, processing that in a way. Like you say, every day is a good day. Mm. Every day is a special day. To be alive is is an amazing thing. And if we can reconnect with that a bit more and just ground the awareness in the body and Mm. take a few breaths and realize that we're safe right now, 
because this is all that we can control. Yeah. And then reconnect. And, and, and then perhaps, you know, even if we catch an occasional, because we're both looping, I can see it's going to be interesting. Cause we, Let's loop. Yeah. Um, you know, when you said, uh, you know, with those thoughts, well, how are they serving us? Are they true? Are they not? You know, uh, and to me, it's like, once we kind of can catch an unhelpful, because it's not just thoughts, it's, it's, it's associations. And then yes. once they kind of repeat themselves, they actually become belief systems, right? All right. And majority of them are actually limiting belief systems. It's, it's, it's all the not enough stories, right? Not enough time, not enough energy, not enough love, not enough support. It's a hard place, you mm. know, I don't, you know. <clears throat> whatever it is that we're yeah. saying and, yeah. and what other people and so we kind of entrance ourselves right and so I recently actually actually this morning I think I looked on LinkedIn and um, there's someone who wrote a book I can't remember his name actually uh, a book called useful beliefs right and I like that you know rather than oh so let's just create positive affirmations mm-hmm. I mean that sometimes can feel a bit yeah uh, like, oh, God. well it feels bad when you are not happy yeah because you're like all right, I'll smile, but I tell you, I feel like crying. That's right. Yeah. yeah. And I think that's a very important, it's like this fine edge, you mm-hmm. know, to be able to meet ourselves where we are. And so I feel that there's something about, you know, the way I understand mindfulness to be is this kind of like a two-winged bird, right? Yeah. On one side, we have this ability and we could cultivate this ability to see things clearly. I mean, it's that simple, really, mm. to see things as they are. Yes. Sounds simple, not easy, <laughs> right? When we have all of these filters. Yeah. So, so that's the, that's one wing, and, but the other wing is the wing of compassion, mm. of mercy, of kindness, both towards ourselves and others. And that's where we learn to drop judgment, because otherwise we're just a mess, right? Yeah. Um, and so that combination, I think, is, is when we cultivate it, um, goes a long way. It goes a huge way. Yeah. Now, the word mindfulness is getting some, it's a real buzzword. Yeah, it is. And I spend a bit of time thinking about it. And so, you know, let me know if I'm roughly yeah. right. It's about trying to get yourself to now and and to just work on the immediate now. Now, I think what kind of panics me about that is, one, it makes me feel like uh, I need to know something extra mm-hmm. And that feels like work. But if I frame it to myself and I say something like, look, the reason I'm so anxious is because I'm probably closer to a monkey, but technologies move so quickly. So because we don't have time to evolve, I need to find strategies to help me evolve. Mm -hmm. And mindfulness is one of those strategies. Yes. Does that sound fair? It is. And I think... It's an interesting one, you know, because I increasingly find that I have these kind of almost fraught conversations about it, you know, because on one hand, I think there needs to be a bit of educating happening. Mm. And then I think people think that they know what it is, but Mm. actually, you know, do they? And so I think it's a really, really, really useful conversation to have. So I think the first thing to understand is that mindfulness is an agency that we already have. It's the capacity to know this moment as it is, yeah. right? So we couldn't function without it. The problem is that that happens. So I look at, you know, your shirt and mm-hmm. I see color blue and mm-hmm. I see the shape. The very next moment my mind goes, oh, that's interesting. I wonder where he got it. Mm-hmm. You know, that's right, Christmas is coming. <laughs> I need to buy, you know, and before you know, the mind's gone on the trajectory, yeah. right? Or I might notice like a stain and then mm-hmm. I'd be like, oh God, I'm so clumsy, <laughs> you know? You see what I mean? Yes. So, so, so I think the first thing to understand that 
sati, the way it's explained in Pali, it, it's just simply capacity to see things as they are, right? Okay. So then, in its second iteration of what that means, is like we realize that we're a little bit shit at that, mm. <laughs> right? And then we go, okay, how do I practice this, mm. right? So then there's a whole, and it's actually very simple. It's, it's, it's simple, but it's not easy. Right. And it's not easy because our minds are like runaway trains, yeah. you know, monkey mind jumping all over the place. Mm. We're all monkeys. Yeah. <laughs> yep. um, so, so then, yes, then it's, and I think it's very important to not make it into something extra. Right. Because it is being made into something extra. Yeah, and it's, I don't think yeah. it is. You know, I yeah. really don't. And so I am very much, I'm one of the books that I'm really enjoying at the moment. I'm reading Atomic Habits by James Clear. Right. And so he's done a very good job in kind of assimilating the best current thinking and research we now have about mm. but, uh, about habits. And um, one of the things that stands out, and I've recently also looked at something that BJ Fox from Stanford talks about, is this building of tiny habits, you know, 1% better. So rather than making it now into this big thing that I have to do to get better, to become better, right, and then I'm failing at it, it's just this big drama, right? It's more about, okay, what, what are some of the ways that I can integrate this? You know, that I can just... Start with small, small, um, I want to call it a disruption, actually. Mm. You know, it's kind of disrupting the autopilot. Right. So it's like these little moments when you wake up and you go, oh, shit, I'm here. Yeah. Right. Okay. So let me just land here for like a moment. Yes. And become really curious about like this space here, my senses, mm. right? So you know that this is, this is, this is one of the ways that we... You know, and this is one of the ways that I like to engage people with what it means. You know, if I ask you, yes, it is about present moment, but how are you aware of it without the filter of gazillion thoughts, right? Yeah, right. That's so hard. Yes, yeah, so but but it isn't. Okay. <laughs> it is and it isn't. You see, yes, because yes, it's yes. obvious. Yeah. I mean, you tell me how are you aware, and it's not a trick question. No, no, you know? no. So what is here immediately available to you? Well, you. Yeah. And what about me? What um, What is it? Ah, oh, so more specific. So yeah, what do like you... Your earrings. So you see that. Yep. Yeah, so yep. there's a sense of sight. Yep. Yeah. Um, I can hear you. Yes. Um, can you give you a high five? Yeah. So we touched. Yep. So what are we describing? Uh, senses. Exactly. Right. So you can see that we're designed that way, right? I mean, we literally are. We have these two little holes. Mm. Don't need to do anything. Mm. It's all just happening, right? Same here. Yeah. Same here. I mean, yeah. You feel your whole body, right? Feel your toes. You feel the temperature. Mm. And that also gives us this ability to, to self-observe and self-monitor. So if I'm anxious, I'll feel it. And then I feel, oh, God, I don't like this. Quick, do something. <laughs> you know? I need help. I need to do something. So what about if we just thought... Oh, with compassion and curiosity. Let me feel that for a moment. What's happening to my breath, you know? Oh, it's quite shallow maybe. Mm. It's quite rapid. What would be a loving, wise thing to do? You know, if I could self-soothe, if I could just encourage myself to take a couple of deep breaths, mm. you know? To, to, if I could soothingly sing to myself, it's okay. It's, it's just impermanent. Just, you know, just, just feel it. It will pass. Stuff like that. You see what I mean? So yes. 
Because so, do we not do that? We, well, we don't. We just observe that it's there, like, oh, I know I can and feel then it, my and breathing. Then, well, then also, you know, so then, oh, something's wrong. Yeah. Some, uh, and then I'm wrong. Yes. Do you see what and, I mean? And that's where we stop the conversation. We stop observing mm. and we jump to these really unhelpful conclusions and assumptions, right? So I look at mindfulness. I'm quite cognitive by nature, right? So I, I like to use both visceral tools because they help me. I'm really obsessed with Myers-Briggs at the moment, so I've just recently discovered that I am INFJ and just opened this whole world for me because it made sense, right? Like, it's like, oh, okay, that's why, <laughs> you know, things are the way they are. Yeah. So one of the, one of you know, it's the irony of expertise. One of the good medicine for people like me is to actually bring attention into the moment and bring attention into the body and bring attention to the breath and go out in nature and mm. um, enjoy watching birds fly across the sky and listen to a beautiful piece of music because that just calms everything down, right? Because my mind can just go gazillion miles right. per hour. But it's also good to use a smart mind, you know, when you have a good cognitive function to investigate, mm. you know? And that's one of the foundations of, you know, Satipatthana, which is this ancient, amazing method of four foundations of mindfulness and the fourth one has these mental factors that generate more clarity you know investigate and find find focus you know open open your heart with some goodwill you know it's just it's always quite basic stuff yeah. but when we are so busy when we're so, you know, we don't have time for anything. We're just running around like crazy. <laughs> just stop for a moment. Take a few breaths, you know. Here you are. Connect. We all have so much potential, you know. And we're just kind of bypassing it because we haven't been given tools to look within, yeah. to connect, you know, with self-awareness. Mm. How did you get interested in this? Yeah, well, yeah, interesting, you know, and really odd because, look, we talked a little bit before. I grew up in Serbia in the mm. 80s, you know. I mean, this, this did not exist. We, this time before internet, you what know. What do people do with problems in, in Serbia then? They just get drunk. Yeah, bottle it up. <laughs> you know, Pack or just down. be aggressive, men right. in particular. Yeah. Or, you know, women have their ways of, you know, talking to each other yeah. and yeah. mending things. and You know, but it really was. It was just not part of the conversation at all. And I used to... I was a I was a fine arts student, and I really got into my philosophy and psychology papers. Right. And you know, I also was lucky; my parents were academics. We had a very extensive library, and I remember I was 17 years old, and I found a book on the bookshelf that was a collaboration between Eric Fromm, a psychologist, and Zen master Suzuki Roshi. And suddenly, these two worlds collided in the most epic way, and I just went this is it <laughs> something in me just knew that i have come across a golden thing mm. you know and the reason why i really love um buddhist philosophy and practice it's the only thing that i've ever come across that gives us actual tools to observe mind in real time we're actually encouraged you know and invited mm. to to internally observe like, we're always coming up with conclusions, with theories. It's all external. Our minds are constantly attached to things outside, right? Mm. Um, yoga as well. I suppose Hindu Eastern traditions also yeah. have ways to do that. And I think we live now in such an amazing, rich age of information and ability to share so quickly and mm. access things. You know, that this amazing now... Um, 
uh, cross-pollinations are happening, you know, when we have cognitive sciences and positive psychology and neuroscience and we have, you know, ancient techniques and we're bringing them together to come up with a way to move forward, I yeah. think, you know? Is it happening quick enough? Like, and, and I mean, I don't really expect you to answer it. I think yeah. it's just more interesting to pose the question as mm-hmm. if we've, you know, got two roads or we're trying to meet in which one are we going to get there? Because you certainly get the feeling that, you know, you take any of the huge issues of today, that they really are solved by us getting along a bit better with ourselves and with each other. And that just, it seems so strange, you know, like we're two strangers, we can get on. Yeah. Why is it so hard? What is the story that's gone wrong to make us different? And think of sapiens again. Yeah. You know, they had, what, six versions of us. They obviously didn't get on or we'd all be in harmony. Well, it turns out we probably extinct quite a few of them as well, right? right. There's something about Homo sapiens that we just have this way of, of creating this monopoly over mm-hmm. nature, over other species, you know. And I think that's now costing us greatly, yeah. you know, because I think to just maybe expand your question mm. you know we are at this absolute um i think very critical point and and the young ones are realizing you know with climate change i mean look at the global movement that's now happening mm. uh, you know with young greta thunberg and all the kids you know rising and going well this is our future and we won't be able to breathe and and mm. you know we don't know but foreseeable future you know and it is becoming really, you know, there's a there's a driving force now because our existence is at stake, I believe, you know. I mean, this is a contentious issue. Some people still, yeah. you know, even though science is conclusive on this mm. stuff. And so I have a sense that world has become very polarized, you know. So we live in a country where we have one of the most magnificent, I believe, prime ministers of all time. We have someone who is leading with vision and with heart. And, and then we have, you know, um, certain people in the United States that, you know, there's this kind of two paradigms happening, yeah. you know. I'm, I've been watching Handmaid's Tale recently, mm. and it's a bit like that almost, you know, you're starting to have these really fear-based societies, and then you have the societies that are willing to move forward with, um, you know, with compassion with tolerance but also realizing that we need to take stand and we mm. need to take actions because we don't have very much time oh, that's a so, show that one isn't it yeah so i don't know how to answer that question yeah. i mean i optimist <laughs> in me optimist in me would like to think that we will we've overcome many things and mm. we will overcome this and then you know i've kind of stopped even looking at data because it's so depressing <laughs> you know like we have pretty much reached so many tipping points you know species are disappearing daily um you know we are overrun with plastics um so yeah i think that we we have to make changes and i do believe that it it will have to be a joint effort but i still believe that it starts with oneself you know because the very mindset that has created this whole mess needs to shift you Mm. know so we need to stop operating from a place of fear and greed basically yeah and and addiction too right? yes because we're addicted yes. to that we're addicted to those things you know like yeah even if we want to not use the plastic bag have we been so conditioned and addicted to you know all those supermarkets giving you the plastic bag and i mean i get it um and that's where it gets confusing you know we all have to make our our part to change and sometimes i think it well it does make sense that we just need to start with us yeah Feels feels a bit selfish sometimes, and sometimes I don't quite have those skills. You know, I come from that family where it was about others, 
and it's that's the Pacific feeling, you know. We let's give first yeah. instead of take. So yeah. that whole self, you know, um, and lots of the guests talk like this. You know, yeah. you have to look after you. Yeah. It's not selfish because if you. If you're not looking after you, you can't expect to look after others. Well, you want to have the resources to yeah. do it. Yeah. And especially, you know, I mean, some of the statistics are pretty horrendous. You know, um, it was Deloitte study recently I came across that in the U.S., 77, 77% of workers uh, say that they are suffering from burnout. Mm. And when you're burning out, when you're below the resilience line, mm. when you're just surviving, how much do you have to give? Mm. You know, mm-hmm. and, and what kind of impact are you having? Yeah. So I think we need to turn that around because I, I would say that it's not selfish, you know, and that a little can go a long way. And then, then we have so much more to give yeah. and we can actually lead the way, you know. Mm-hmm. So I think that's a kind of almost like a little switch that we need to find a way of, of shifting. And I think, yeah, it is, a, it is a bit of a Kiwi thing as well, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, this is weird, yeah. Kiwi. It's kind of a love-hate relationship I have with my own culture, mm. you know? Like, um, mm. I like that I can be a little bit awkward, and I like that. So, for example, I married a German lady, and in Germany, I would never have gone to university. No. I couldn't. Right. You have to be better at academics earlier. You can't get in based off your nature or a quota system. It's like, it's very black and white. It's mm. like you're smart enough you can go to doctor school i think they may be changing it but that's the way i understood it here you can get into university for being a mature student i was mm. hardly mature i was just 20 <laughs> right. you know but they, right. there was a loophole yeah and kiwis like come on then you know we'll take mm. you along mm. and i always try and work out what's is that good i think it's good because i managed to scrape my way through like mentally you know I probably shouldn't have gone there but I did and I you know worked on other skills like basically cheating (laughs) but (laughs) it's it's those skills that I use part now not like cheating but you know Mm. what I mean Mm. like Mm. looking around the edges who's doing what where can I take a little bit from there and and I mean all I can do is come back to it's pretty complicated I mean that's what I wanted to talk to you about anyway is that you know, you're going into rooms full of people talking about mindfulness. And even that as a constructor, you know, mm, like the sure. fact that you're on stage. I watched the video with you and you were like sitting in front of a giant group, you know, and you're like, are you guys cool if I sit? And no one said anything. And you're just like, okay, and carry on. It's pretty weird. It is. And, you know, my way, we were talking about that earlier, you know, what people, people use all kinds of strategies, right? Mm. But I have this, and that's kind of a suppose some of this stuff kind of just filters through. It has has filtered through through my Buddhist training. Because um, I don't know if you know, I have been ordained as a Buddhist nun for a number of years. Really? No, mm. I didn't know that. Yeah. And so, um, and to be honest, I only did that because I felt completely out of control. <laughs> you know, so I took some time to, to really hone in and focus my time and energy. But anyway, what I wanted to say... I have this kind of little process where I think rather than kind of create the self and other and then I, I need to come from my ego and prove myself and mm. be someone, that uh, doesn't work very well. And so what I first thought that I have is actually they're just like me. They're just like me. You know, they have their good moments, they have their bad moments, they all have moments when they just experience suffering mm. and pain. And, um, 
and we're all here we're all learning you know so I choose to come from that place and then I also choose to just more feel into you know into here and just let my heart lead a bit more and be in a place of service I think that really helps you know it's like I know a few things because I've been doing this for a long time and if it's of service here it is you know and I think those things you know so for me it's getting out of ego getting out of my head and getting into that service place and really trying to 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 be of help Mm -hmm. to be of assistance you know and I never know what percentage of people in a room will or you know there's always going to be someone who doesn't like you isn't it? it's impossible exactly. to be maybe I remind someone of their ex-wife <laughs> did you know what I mean like you can't please everyone but that's it's not about that yeah it's not about that yeah it's not about that but we feel like it is a eh? we well yeah you know there's a part of us that you know I mean that's arguably why we dress nicely and sure want to sure you know it's like everything is the deeper you look at it it's really complicated and i understand i was talking to someone today that it must be quite nice to just go through life and think "Hmm," you know i mean i don't think it ends anywhere well but it certainly takes the pressure off the now yeah you know and there's plenty of things to um to mask that you know you've got games and you've got netflix Mm. and you've got all of these things Mm. and and um yeah it's tough like life's tough eh? And it always, I guess it always has been. And who the hell are we to expect that it not to be? And, you know, I don't, have you ever come across a lady called Byron Katie? No, I'm learning she's, a lot from you today. Yeah, she's amazing. So she had this kind of moment where she was just beside herself, right? Like mid-Western, mid-life, suburban lifestyle. Just, you know, just what's the point? semi-alcoholic exhausted you know and she said she just she actually checked herself into this rehab and she felt so low that she didn't even lie on the bed she lay on the floor and she said as she was lying there she just had this flash of insight where she realized quite simply when i'm not thinking i'm okay Mm. when i'm not thinking i'm okay you know because so much suffering i mean there she is just in the room but look where the mind goes Mm. right so anyway she has this wonderful little saying to come back to what you just shared before she says what about what if it was all for you Mm. if it was all for your learning and if you said yes to it at least 50 percent of your suffering would just evaporate because it's the resistance we you know life reliably keeps bringing us the lessons that we haven't learned Mm. and we refuse to learn them it just ramps up Mm. right it gets more and more intense and it's no one's fault nobody's bad it's not like that it's just this is for you to grow this is for you to expand this is for you to become a better version of yourself will you say yes and will you say no so there's a difference in the thing between sort of unconscious suffering and then a kind of that stretch and pain of growth where we say okay okay damn it yes (laughs) do you know yeah Uh, so Hard, yes, it, 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 it is hard. Does it have to? Do you have but to? But then is it? You know, do you know what I mean? Do I we do, make I it do. harder than it needs to be? I just be? wonder if you need to be lying on the floor. Sometimes it feels like that, eh? You like I, I have had the most extraordinary, uh, some of my most extraordinary times with people 
um, especially when I do some one-on-one work, when mm. people have been diagnosed with cancer, for mm. example. And in that moment, you really stop, you know, and you go, wow, okay, I could be dead in a week. What? You, you go through this absolute watershed or losing a loved one or having a... Why? Well, yeah, it's a shame that it has to take, but it's, it's like, what will it take? You know, and do we have to wait for some absolute tragedy to happen before we begin to looking after our health or, mm. you know, um, becoming proactive about? And I don't want to say happiness because that can be a trap too, you know, because then, like you said, well, here I am miserable, depressed, and I'm supposed to be happy, <laughs> right? But what about, what about contentment or acceptance or this ability to have the bigger picture? Do you know, it's mm. not... One of the one of the gifts of, of you know my Buddhist practice is this insight into impermanence. The truth is, it's nothing's forever. You know, it's all changing. We are not quite exactly the same people that walked into this room. True. Right. And if we can be with that, rather than that being threatening, it can be liberating. Mm-hmm. I'm under no obligation that, to be the person that I was a, a year ago. In mm-hmm. fact, I'd be depressed if I was. Right. Right. So to give ourselves permission. To explore and then you know you realize mind states come and go mm. feelings come and go conditions change and what is it you know there's something that's just riding through the middle of it all that is our whatever you want to call it you know unconditional or lucid self or you know and the more we orient towards that the more we are we're not quite so vulnerable to circumstances and things, you know? We, we're kind of just finding a way of, of riding life. And waves come, waves go, you know, mm-hmm. instead of crashing with every single thing, yeah. you know, because we're so grasping and so focused on how things should be. Mm-hmm. You know, I think it was Wayne Dyer that said, he said, peace comes when you learn to process life as it is rather than as you think it should be. And think about it. We all have some kind of model of where we should be. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yes. And then there's this enormous gap between where we should be and where we are. Mm. And so whilst I think it's really important to have vision and to feel into the scope of possibility, we need to start where we are, right? Yeah. I mean, it sounds like a cliche, but it's mm. actually true. Mm. What's Serbia like today? Have you been back? I have actually been back. Um, are they all? Are they all like you? <laughs> no. <laughs> but I mean, you know, I think um, it's it's a little bit hard for me going back because right. things have changed so much. I've been gone for twenty five years. I have I have done so many crazy things. You know, I've explored and I've travelled and I've you know done done stuff. And mm. sometimes I go back and. Yeah. I don't have a sense that I belong there anymore. Right. Yeah. So uh, my mom passed away. I mean, my brother, my older brother recently passed away. So my younger brother, whom I adore, is there. But it's sort of like it feels that there isn't much there for me. Yeah. Right. And, and I, I feel sad when I go there because Serbia, you know, and Balkans are a very troubled yeah. area. Yeah. You know, that's an area between the worlds. And so for the last, you know, I mean, we were in the the Ottoman Empire for 500 years, you know, then the Hungarians would come in, this constant warfare. And you can see that there, you know. Mm. I talked to another friend of mine who comes from East Europe, and it's almost like you get off the plane and the air is heavy. Mm. 
you know it has this pain yeah a lot of pain yeah a lot of struggle and it's difficult we we don't even understand how incredibly privileged we are here in New Zealand you know I came back and the air is clean and fresh you know over there it's you know everything's oh it's hard it's hard a little bit like how it's hard for us to you know, sometimes I think about the Western world or those who are listening and have the capability to download or watch, something's going reasonably right. Like we have access. <clears throat> and I think we maybe take for granted a bit how good we have it. And I know that's funny to say because lots of people are like, hey man, my life isn't going good. Mm-hmm. Um, I sometimes process it through this idea of, um, well, can you imagine? Can you dream? You know, and I wonder if, if you can if you can do that, that means the air is fresh enough for you to go places. You know, it's like Yeah, yeah that's right. If you're fight that's or flight, right. there's no imagining, there's no dreaming, there's just doing. Yeah, that's and, right. And and it sounds like, you know, if there's too much pain it can maybe erode all of that stuff. Mm. And I'm fascinated by that because that seems to be the also the thing that drives us you know yeah. that you know you look at anyone who's got something cool to say or interesting or it's always come through some hardship yeah and i can't quite work yeah. that out yeah you know it's a really stupid thing why can't it just be you know the more peace we have the more happier we get the the more good ideas we do but it doesn't seem to be that way no, and I think there is a little bit of that, you know, kind of our evolutionary psychology is yeah. that that, that um, need for more, for that continuous growth, is that we can't seem to be able to rest easy and appreciate the moment because there's always that next thing mm. that we need to do individually and collectively, you know. Uh, but yeah, I say... Whilst I think it's it, it's it's obviously great to ask these questions, mm. it's also you know we have to begin where we are. Yeah. And here we go, another quote for you. <laughs> it's Carl Rogers. You know, he said, "Only when I accept myself just as I am, only then I can begin to change." You know, how do we transform something that we're so ignorant of? So as you know, it's at the absolute heart of my personal practice and what I work with people is to kind of ignite that light of self-awareness mm. you know it's we have it already yeah. we have it already it's just kind of like we have all these wet blankets sitting on top of it. it's like the smoky fire mm. you know just just give it some air and that's again where mindfulness come in you know really just as, as, as both as the agency as the tool it just lets a bit of fresh air in do you mean literally too like maybe get outside and oh totally get some oh, air oh totally Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, you know, well-being is a big topic. Mm. And, uh, you know, we are earthlings. I mean, mm. going out into the nature, uh, taking shoes off maybe, walking on earth, you know, breathing. Yeah. Um, you know, we know in terms of production of, you know, um, serotonin, which turns into melatonin, which helps us to sleep, you know, seeing blue, blue and green, things like that. You know, kids these days spending time on screens, you know, the continuous, ferocious stimulation and comparison and then not having enough daylight, not mm. having enough fresh air that blue light is stimulating you know um, uh, the, the brain and then you can't switch off and then so it's just this and then that kind of ends up fatiguing the adrenals I mean I'm not you know I'm not a you know a, a health professional but I mean I've taken had to take care of myself mm. and and my my whanau, you know to know that there are some pretty simple basic things that we have to get right and you use that word and I think it's an apt word it's the addiction we are addicted mm. to just about anything mm. because we are seeking comfort yeah you know and 
a little bit of discomfort if we could if we could just just be okay with that mm. rather than him to pacify yeah. you know kill <laughs> you know <laughs> then you know our resilience would grow yeah i agree the one thing i feel like when becoming not addicted to is life eh? yeah. because it's yeah. like it just becomes too much work and i mean look yeah. i say that and i don't want to make it too down but i definitely want to acknowledge that elephant in the world yes. you know it's yeah. like yeah, because i i really love life and i mm. love part of what i love is doing this is talking mm. to people mm. and and we're just exploring ideas and there's so much i get out of this you know it's like even if you think about for the last 40 minutes we haven't checked our phones yeah you know i mean i've checked mine just for time but it's not yeah. this desire of how many notifications yeah, and all right. of that stuff so yeah it, for it, sure and and so the other thing i wanted to ask you is i know you do practice you know like and you help people but is there something you could share that um I'm thinking about me in two scenarios. One, tomorrow morning. And two, today I had a moment where I was stewing over something, right? And it's a funny word, stewing, because I don't, it doesn't mean something negative to me. Because mm, mm. you stew a tough piece of meat, it becomes delicious. So yep. I don't understand why we say stewing over something. We should say the opposite to that, you know, like... Somebody said simmering the other day, and simmering. I quite like that. You yeah. know how when you simmer and then it develops flavor mm. and it just sits there for a little while, you know? Mm -hmm. And so to, you know, I think sometimes there is this danger, mindfulness being perceived as this quick fix. Mm. Like, let's just, you know, get the minions all sorted, <laughs> you know? And I don't like to think of it that way. Mm. Um, so to me, it's more like rather than just having these kind of quick fixes and outcomes, it's this ability to be present with our experience so that you know so if there could be just a slight tweak around how we even use the words yeah. right when you said um stewing mm. but actually if you think about it it's not that bad because again it's like cre creating a stew yeah and stew takes a little time to develop right so this ability to just slow down a fraction and just get in touch with our experience right. and then use this agency that we have we can be aware of what is going on we don't right. have to just mindlessly helplessly react or not to pilot you know pilot patterns we have this other thing that's available to us so it's helpful to learn some tools to access it yes so breathing can really help like um okay we'll just break it down simply yes. for me you know yes. like, and it's weird because i've talked to lots of people about this but yes there's something that doesn't get through my yeah okay let's let's try monkey brain yes sure so i'm sitting there stewing mm -hmm. and it's not even that bad but it's more you know when someone critiques you or challenges you sure and you just didn't want to hear it but you kind yes. of know they're right <laughs> but you're like yeah i could have done that a bit better yeah and so you're stewing about that yeah. and you're looking for excuses and reasons why they're wrong yeah and why are you coming after me when you could have worried about your own stuff yeah, yeah. and i was desperate oh, you know i listened to enough podcasts that i know that i was unnecessarily suffering but i couldn't get out of it you know yeah. i mean it wasn't like and i was doing this all whilst still doing my work yeah and see this is a bit of a issue for a lot of us because we have to get on with our lives mm. shit needs to get done right yes. and so this kind of I really I enjoy Simon Sinek and, and some of mm. his stuff. You know, he talks about this, you know, we're busy, but we're also like lazy busy. You know <laughs> what I mean? We're not actually, we kind of go on these, I mean, we're 40% minimum 
products of habits mm-hmm. daily, you know? And so there's this thing that part of you is processing it, part of you is busy, and that can actually lead to great irritation because you're actually irritated, mm-hmm. right? So if you gave yourself permission, and this is what I think people don't understand, a minute can go a long way. Mm-hmm. Three minutes of undivided day. You know, you don't have to go, okay, now I have to meditate for an mm-hmm. hour and a half, mm-hmm. you know? But even things like, again, research tells us that you see things more clearly when you walk. You know, we need to give ourselves permission to just disrupt those kind of, those neurological grooves, you know, Mm. that we we just so effortlessly slide down. So imagine if you gave yourself permission, okay, I'm just going to go for a five-minute walk. I'm Mm. just going to get outside. And just by being in the body, right, and then actually choosing to just pay attention to where you are, you know, we know that from research, you know, Einstein said it, so many genius people said it, that they would often have these ideas that came from, uh, you know, when they put it to rest for a bit. Mm-hmm. And there's a different kind of stewing that happens yes. when we just let it rest. And then we come back to it and we have a sense of perspective. Yes. Do you know what I mean? So that's actual stewing. So maybe the yeah. problem is we think we're stewing, but we haven't cooked the meat long enough. Well, so you and try then we're and impatient, tough. right? Yeah, and then yeah, we kind yeah, of, and then yeah. we bring all that energy of, yeah. of, um, of aversion to it, right? right? So instead, so, so that's, you know, one of the key, key, ideas in in, uh, both like well traditional mindfulness Mm. practices to find this resting place between this continuous pursuit for pleasure and then this just real aversion Mm. right to anything that's unpleasant and then interestingly you know because we have these times when it's really bad suffering or it's like really intense pleasure but they're kind of these peak experiences most of the time it's kind of just fairly not much you know Mm. and so the mind goes boring (laughs) I'm just going to switch off and find something exciting to do do you see what I mean Mm, so we kind of avoid we're in this avoidance pattern Mm. and so even if just really choosing to be wholeheartedly present with it for three minutes you can even put a timer and say okay I'm just going to put everything else away. I'm not going to have any attachment, but I'm just going to... And I then find it really helpful to use the body as a... It's actually a refuge, if that makes sense, you know, from this crazy thing up here or this intense thing here, just to take a refuge and a breath in and a breath out and and just trust, trust this kind of deeper layer of presence and awareness to do the work for me. You know, it's actually, I don't have to work too hard at it. We're too, we work too hard at life. <laughs> don't you think? We yeah. overdo it. Yeah. We're overachievers. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Just, and so if you couple that for getting some actual fresh air and you're moving your body and you're getting your lymphatic and circ- you know, system moving and you're getting your cardiovascular moving and, you know, you're eliminating toxins, mm-hmm. both mentally, physically, emotionally, you know, we just need to be a little bit creative. But I really believe it's about disrupting. It's disrupting that. Physically disrupting. So you're <laughs> stewing, you're sitting there, you're annoyed. So Give yourself permission to change. Yeah. Like, I'm going for a three-minute walk. Exactly. I'm going for a one-minute walk. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Stretch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, because there'll be when you're stewing like that, if you just bring a bit of attention into the body i have had these so many insights like that when i just realized nobody home mm. my entire my attention is fixed on this idiot that gave me this piece of feedback and oh god you know and look at them you see 100 percent my attention on this object that apparently is giving me these feelings it's coming from the outside right so we try and manipulate and control it out there well we can't mm. so 
then I'm not noticing actually how I'm developing this kind of state of aversion. And that is corresponding, my body is, is recipient of that. You know, Mark Twain said, anger is like drinking uh, poison, wanting someone else to die. Mm. But we are poisoned. See, so then the moment you start to feel in your body, you think, gosh, if I was, you know, if I was in a place of self-care and self-love, I would just let some of that stuff go. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So I think it's a fine line. It's this, it is kind of really like an edge to not be kind of, just dismissing things and trying to just shift out of it but at the same time to not allow ourselves to stew in a way that really isn't helpful you know there's just like wallowing in 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 stuff you know what i mean i know what you mean thank you because when you said give yourself permission that's the one thing i didn't do yeah i didn't give myself permission at any time and it wasn't even an option to change my environment to notice where i was yeah because I was still working, you know, and that's the, I'm sure employers want you to do that too. Yeah. Like, hey, go outside for three minutes. Be constructive because, you you know, it's this kind of lose time to gain time, Mm. to gain energy, to gain perspective. You know, we live in these times when we more and more need to use our creativity. We need to be able to connect to others meaningfully, you know. Mm. We can't do that when we are in this state of discombobulation, you know. So permission is a big thing, you know, to, to be that, to, to be, you know, it's like the, the, that, again, David White said, you know, be the hero that your future self will thank. Mm. Thanks for getting me out of the door. Thanks for, you know, disrupting this, this suffering. Well, my future know? self is happy that we've had this chat. Yeah. <laughs> um, what's, what's one moment? Can you share one moment that, you know, expanded your mind, that blew your mind, that you went to bed one Maya and woke up a different version of you? <laughs> you know, there were probably a few epic moments, but I am more, more interested in these little moments of yeah. awakening, you know, is that every time I recognize that it's just my mind doing stuff, you know, and that I can take a breath and I have this little balcony and mm. I really appreciate it this morning, you know, there was, I have this little rock and it's beautiful trees and there's a tui on the tree and there's this water kind of just sliding off the rock. And in that moment, you know, all of life is teaching me, all of life is here to support me. You know, there, there are many moments like that that are available to me. And I am much more interested in these small awakenings than some kind of seeking some yeah, big yeah, yeah. thing, you know, yes. because then it's, it's, we are more and more in the flow of life and we have this gift. We are alive. It's a gift. You know, you wake up in the morning and you think, wow, I have 24 brand new hours ahead of me. If I was just not to put all of this baggage in front of me and walk straight into it. You know, so just creating a bit of space. So, yeah. Love it. Every day so is a mind-blowing moments can be small as well. I think so. That's a revelation for me because I've been trying to find the one, wow. Yeah. But it's not that. It's little mini wows. And, 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 and it's just about connecting mm. with the miracle of life. Awesome. That is awesome, right? That is my, my life's mind blowing. If we just get out of our little, mm. you know, control room. <laughs> <laughs> One day. Uh, well, I feel every like day. <laughs> we're going to true that today, right today. now. <laughs> we're going to hopefully do lots of podcasts together because yeah. it's a, an evolving conversation. But yeah. where can people follow you if they want to check you out or, yep. uh, you know, book yeah, your absolutely. Services? Thank you. So um, my website has a bit of stuff it's mindbalance.co.nz. I do post a lot on LinkedIn. Mm. It's just my 
and over on LinkedIn. I write articles that try and be in, in conversations. That's how you and I met yeah. as well. Yeah, so probably those two channels. And I'm welcome, you know, people can find my contacts. Um, if they want to email me or bring and have a chat, it's awesome. all good. Yeah. Maya, thank you for joining me and joining us, the audience, yes. and sharing little mind-blowing moments with us. Yeah. It was. Um, it feels nice. Yeah, it feels you know, really good. It feels cool. I yeah. feel happy. I, I definitely am not stewing. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Pleasure. I really appreciate you inviting me, and it's been awesome to talk awesome. to you. Cheers. Cheers. Yoo-hoo. Yoo-hoo. <laughs>